Welcome to the City Church Online. This is where you get all the sermons that you might have missed or you might just want to listen to all over again. Please like, subscribe, remember to share and download this message. Come, let us grow together in Christ. So we have been going through a series of sermons through the book of Colossians. And uh, I am encouraging all of us to read the book of Colossians at least once every week uh, from start from chapter 1 to chapter 4. Uh, just read it from start to end. It will help you. Um, one of my goals for this series of sermons is that we understand who God is at a deeper level. We get to know who God is at a deeper level. The series of sermons we are dealing with is Christ in me, the hope of glory. The hope of glory because of the reality that is true about you and true about me that Christ is in you. That there is a reality that is an amazing reality that Christ is in you. And if you are going to have any glory, you see, if you are going to shine in any way, you must bank. <laughs> you must bank on this reality, on this truth that Christ is in me. So greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. You see, for these days, Jesus is not just for you. Jesus is not just on your side. Jesus is not just an Emmanuel with you. The reality that we live with today is that Jesus is in you. What a wonderful reality. What a beautiful source of joy. What a beautiful source of peace. And, and so we, as we began to explore the book of Colossians, um, I want us today to start by reading um, the first section from Colossians chapter 1, verses 1. Uh, we will go up to verses 14. The Bible says, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother, to the saints and faithful brethren in Christ who are in Colossae, grace to you. And peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We give thanks to God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of your love for all saints because of the hope which is laid up for you in heaven of which you heard before in the word of the truth of the gospel 
which has come to you as it has also in all the world and is bringing forth fruit as it is also among you since the day you had and knew the grace of God in truth as you also learnt from Epaphras, our dear fellow servant, who is a faithful minister of Christ on your behalf, who also declared to us your love in the spirit. For this reason, since we heard of all that is happening to you in Colossae, for this reason, we also, since the day we heard it, since the day we heard of what is going on, among you, we do not cease to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding and that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him and being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might according to his glorious power for all patience and long-suffering with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of his love in whom we have redemption through his blood the forgiveness of sins so when Paul and Timothy heard of what God is doing in Colossae they began to pray and Paul's prayer had four points point number one was that they may be filled with the knowledge of God's will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. In other words, you can have wisdom and spiritual understanding but lack the knowledge of his will or not be filled with the knowledge of his will. So that was point number one. Point number two in Paul's prayer was that the Colossians may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. And then point number three of Paul's prayer was that the Colossians will be strengthened with all might according to his glorious power for all patience and long-suffering with joy. And then point number four was that they will come to a place where they are giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. And last week, Pastor Judith, by the way, how did she do? Should we, should we have her back again? I, I, I think she did well. Hallelujah. Thank you, Pastor Jay. Uh, some people are cheering for you here. Others are just quiet. But uh, I, I think those who loved it are more than those who are just quiet, maybe. Um, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And so last week, Pastor Jay and then other pastors in other locations uh, spoke about what it means to be a saint in the light, all right? Uh, and so and, uh, uh, since that was Paul's fourth point in prayer, that we may, be, we may begin to give thanks to God who has qualified us to be saints in the light, okay? Now, uh, today, I want us to go back 
to the first point of Paul's prayer. Last Sunday we looked at his fourth point. Today we are going to look at his first point of prayer. Because as it stands, um, these other three points that he's speaking are actually dependent or they, they are a result of the first point. Okay? And the first point of Paul and Timothy's prayer is that the Colossians may be filled with the knowledge of God's will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. And so we begin to learn that when you are filled with the knowledge of God's will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, if you are filled with God's will, the rest of these other prayer points will come naturally. All right? You will be fruitful in every good work if you understand the knowledge of God's will. If you understand God's will, then you will be filled with uh, uh, fruitfulness. Okay? You, uh, thanksgiving will just come out of you. You will be pleasing to God in all ways. You'll be strengthened in might. Uh, so, the, re the, 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 the root cause of thanksgiving, the root cause of strength, the root cause of fruitfulness is the knowledge of God's will. And so Paul is praying that you may be filled with the knowledge of God's will for you. So now, remember, he's not praying for them to be filled with God's will or to walk in God's will. He's, uh, he's praying for them to be filled with the knowledge, the knowledge the knowledge, okay? The knowledge of God's will. In other words, it is very critical for you and I to know God's will. Now, as we start diving into this knowledge of God's will, because I want to show you God's will. I want to show you God's will so that you will be filled with the knowledge of God's will. But at the same time, remember, even Paul is not just teaching them, he's praying for them, okay? Uh, he's praying for them because the knowledge of God's will, while we are teaching it to you, it is a revelation that must come to you. You understand? And so, at a certain point, we must pray. And so, why don't we pause this someone here for a minute? And you just place hands on your head and say, Father, give me the knowledge of your will. Help me to understand what is to be taught today. My heart is open. My mind is alert. My spirit is yours. Download, dear Spirit of God. Give it to me that I may understand and be filled with the knowledge of God's will. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, to discuss to you this most important issue, I want us to start by reading a, a text in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 19. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 19. I'm just going to pick a phrase there 
that is an independent phrase and a critical phrase for us in understanding God's will. So in 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 19, we find these words. That God was in Christ reconciling the whole world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 19. We find this phrase, that God was in Christ Jesus reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them. I first want you to just get that sentence. Hello? Don't let the devil steal from you. The sentence says that God was in Christ reconciling the whole world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them. Don't first wait for me to give you any other explanation. That's the explanation. Okay, and now I, I, want, you to, I want us to do a trick. I want you to change some words there and put your name there, okay? Like the word world, yeah? And then the word there and the word them, yeah? I want you to put, you try to put your name there. You will see it's an amazing scripture. That God was in Christ reconciling Alex, not imputing Alex's trespasses to Alex. You must get this. You must get this. There is no other explanation. That is it. That is, that is what you need to understand. That God was in Christ Jesus reconciling you to himself, not imputing your trespasses upon you. That God was in Christ. He was reconciling you to himself. Not imputing your trespasses, not his, your trespasses, because he doesn't have any trespasses. Your trespasses on you, not imputing them on you. Not giving, not putting the trespasses on you. Hey! Thank you, Isaac, for understanding. I think now let me preach to David. David, God was in Christ Jesus reconciling you to himself. Reconciling you to himself. Not imputing your trespasses upon you. Ah. Maybe I preach to Cyrus. Cyrus, God was in Christ Jesus reconciling you to himself. Not imputing your trespasses upon you. Not imputing your sins upon you. Oh my, oh my, oh my. You must understand the knowledge of God's will. And I'm saying to you, in Christ Jesus, God was reconciling you to himself. Not accounting your sins on your account. Recently, I don't know if you've been seeing in social media, people have been angry with Equity Bank. Eh? Because you would get your money and put it on the account and it is not accounted. Eh? It is not accounted. And then you go to the bank to withdraw 
and there is nothing. You get it? Now you turn it around. You got your trespasses. You try to account it on, the, on God's account and God did not eh, did not credit them on your account. This one you will not find anywhere else except in Christ. That God in Christ Jesus was reconciling the whole world to himself, not imputing their trespasses upon them. Now, if you have any trespasses that you have imputed, it is you. David writes and says, Blessed is a man whose sinful deeds are remembered no more and whose iniquity is not imputed upon him. I'm blessed. I am blessed. I am blessed. I am blessed. We are talking about the knowledge of God's will. God was in Christ Jesus reconciling the whole world to himself. Now, the whole world yeah, includes you and me. He was reconciling me to himself, not imputing my trespasses upon me. That's why he has given us a ministry of reconciliation. Now, this is very important for you to understand because there is a question that people begin to ask every time you say, you talk about God's will. The question comes, how do I know God's will for my life? Has anybody ever asked that question before? Hmm? Is there anyone who is like, I really think I would like to know God's will for my life. Am I walking in God's will? Or is this really God's will? Because even when I spoke and I said to you that God was in Christ Jesus reconciling the whole world to himself, not imputing your trespasses upon you, there's someone who was asking, now what has that got to do with God's will? You know why? Because for some reason, in our generation, uh, I don't know where we got it from because even me, like uh, you people, I am a professor of theology. I have tried these last two weeks to look in the Bible to find the way we define God's will. You know, I've read a lot of books on God's will and they talk about God's permissive will, God's perfect will, man's will, whatever will. And I'm looking, every scripture they are showing me, I am looking for God's will in there because they are trying to talk about God's will in terms of the things we do. Most of you, when you are asking, what is God's will for my life? You are asking, what should I do for God so that God can know I am really his man? I am on his team. I'm, t I'm team God. Correct? Am I right? When someone is asking, Pastor, I would really like to know God's will for my life. They're asking, really, I want to know what I can do with my life for God. Is God's will for me to be a pastor or to be a businessman? 
And I'm saying neither. None of those above. Hello? God's will has nothing to do with what you do. In fact, much of those questions arise because of the misconceptions that have been passed down to us by false misrepresentations of God's will as something you must be doing rather than something that has already been done. Much of the questions that are arising for us in God's will is because God's will has been so misrepresented as something that you must be doing rather than something that has already been done. Let me tell you, God's will has already been done and you simply enter it. So to many people, when you talk about God's will, they immediately go to what does God want me to do? Yet when you read the scriptures, God is not concerned. God is not concerned with what you do as much as he's concerned with who you are. God's will for you is not as concerned with what you are doing as much as he's concerned with who you are. God's will for you is not your works for him, but rather your relationship with him. God is more concerned with not what you are doing for him, but rather what you are to him. And if you don't understand this as the primary will of God for your life, you'll be caught up with working for God rather than enjoying a relationship with him. I am telling you, most of the people that get exhausted in ministry is they are trying to do for God. You are just trying to do for God rather than to be for God. God's will is concerned more with your relationship with him than what you are doing for him. In fact, God does not even like what you are doing with him if your relationship with him. Do you understand what I'm saying? That the will of God for your life is not something you do. It is something you enter in. You must come into the knowledge of God's will. God is interested in you, not what you do for him. God is more interested in a relationship with you than what you do. So that the things you do must flow out of your relationship with him. So whatever you do for God must come out of a relationship with him. Otherwise, he doesn't, it doesn't really carry much weight with him. By the way, if God really loves you, and you start doing things, you're just doing, you're just doing, you're just doing. He'll come a point and tell you, I don't like the things you're doing. If he really loves you. Yeah? And you are doing, you are doing, you are doing, you are stressing, you are, yeah, yeah. He will come and tell you, I don't really like those things. Alex, you're preaching too much. Go and rest. I don't like your preaching. You understand? Because God is more interested in a relationship. God was in Christ reconciling you to himself. Not accounting your trespasses to yourself. And so, if you don't understand that, 
Your relationship with God has nothing to do with what you do or not do. It is, it, uh, it is the relationship you have with God has been cemented by what Christ has done. And so, when you read the book of Hebrews, chapter 10, it makes it even much clearer. Let us start it from verses ten, 5. In verses 5, he says, Therefore, when he came into the world, he said, Sacrifice and offering you did not desire, but a body you prepared for me. In burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin, you had no pleasure. Hey. Then I said, Behold, I have come. In the volume of the book, it is written of me to do your will, O God. Now, previously saying, sacrifice and offering, burnt offering and offerings for sin, you did not desire, nor had pleasure in them which are offered according to the law. Then he said, behold, I have come to do your will, O God. He takes away the first that he may establish the second. And by that will, he will have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all. By that will, by that will, which was already done by Jesus Christ. You are not going to do God's will. Jesus has already done God's will. Oh, yes. And God's will, here is God's will. Please listen. Here is God's will. God's will is that you will walk in sanctification. God's will is that nothing will stand in the way between you and him in his relationship. Now, the thing that used to stand between you and him was sin. You get it? Your sins have separated me from you. But now, hey, 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 by this one, by this will, by this one offering, by this one offering, Jesus fulfilled the will of God so that you and me God has always desired oh mashada gamataya God has always desired that you walk in a friendship with him but you could never accomplish that relationship because your sins were so great so he sent Jesus as a sacrifice and as an offering to do the will of God to reconcile you with God to himself so that now nothing stands in your way. That's why he sent Jesus. And so Jesus died for your sins so that you can have a relationship with God. Mwanawa to enjoy it. Do you understand? Enjoy your relationship with God. Nothing stands in the way. Enjoy your relationship. You've been by his will. Jesus died on the cross. That was God's will. 
He brought animals. They were slaughtered, but it wasn't enough. They, they brought doves. They were slaughtered, but it was not enough. Offering and sacrifice, uh, the law was not enough. And then he said, a body you have required of me. And by this one offering, he has sanctified by this will, by this will. Oh, Chilaba, do you see it? He said, by that will, we have been, not we will be, not we will be, we have been sanctified by the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all. I want you to understand, God's will is God's desire. And God's desire has always been to enjoy a relationship with you. It has always been that way. Praise the Lord. And now he made a way where there was no way. He broke the wall that stood in our way. Oh, he brought rivers where there was a desert. He made the rock bring out water. Are you understand what I'm saying? He took the enemy and triumphed over him. So that you and God can enjoy a relationship that is pure and beautiful. That is his will. That is his will. Come on. The knowledge of God's will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. This is the knowledge of God's will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. To come to a place where you know, I have been justified, I've been sanctified, I have been redeemed, I have been forgiven, I have been placed into a right standing with God because of Jesus and by Jesus. I now can enjoy a relationship with God. That is God's will. Do you get what I'm saying? All that God is after is that you will receive his love. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. That whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting What is God's will for your life? What is God's will for your life? What is God's will for your life? That you may enjoy a relationship with him. That is God's will for your life. The Lord doesn't want you to be there stressed, depressed, expressed, and expired. Enjoy a relationship with God. That is his will. Enjoy a relationship with him. Enjoy a relationship with him. That is his will. And so, when you go to pray, go in the will of God. When you go to do business, enjoy a relationship with God. When you go to school, enjoy a relationship with God. When you are serving in ministry, enjoy a relationship with God. Enjoy a relationship. Enjoy, enjoy, enjoy a relationship with God. That is his will for you. Enjoy a relationship with him. Enjoy. Enjoy. 
Because whatever stood in the way, he has removed. By his sacrifice on the cross, he has removed. For God was in Christ reconciling you to himself, not imputing your trespasses upon you. Hey, and now he has given us a ministry of reconciliation. Hallelujah. We are now Christ's ambassadors. We are now Christ's ambassadors. We are now carrying the good news. We are now telling everyone we carry a peace we could not enjoy. We carry a relaxation we did not have. We carry a joy we did not have. Why? It is all because of Jesus and by Jesus. I have entered into a right standing and a good relationship. I must enjoy this relationship. Yay! Oh, hallelujah! You know, sometimes you wake up in the morning and it just feels like the whole night you had a good sleep. But then when you woke up in the morning, it was all, oh, oh, oh. You just have to remember. But he wants me to enjoy a good relationship with him. He does. He does. He wants me to enjoy a good relationship with him. And by the way, by the way, not because of what I have done, but he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to the cross to die for my sake. And he shed his blood that all everything thing that would have stood in that. Why am I feeling guilty? Ah, 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 ah. No, 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 no. Devil, you are a liar. Jesus shed his blood. By this one offering I have been sanctified and therefore I have been made free. He is my sanctification. He is my redemption. He is my wisdom. He is my justification. He is my life. Hey, hallelujah. That's where Jesus becomes my life, my way, my truth. He is my light. This audio sermon has been brought to you by The City Church. We would love to hear from you. Please contact us on 0706-332-572 or 0776-579-679.